This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. You've come to the right place. My name is Felice Gerwitz, and I'm your host. On the One More Child podcast, we'll talk about our daily struggles, faith, family, children, relationships, and whatever the Lord brings our way. One thing you can be sure of, I will share helpful solutions and encourage you along your journey in life. And best of all, I know without a shadow of a doubt that the truth will set you free. This is your personal invitation to join me weekly on the One More Child podcast. Welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz, and today my topic is Marriage with Children. This is episode five, and you can find the show notes at onemorechildpodcast.com. You know, we all dream of a happily ever after, don't we? And for some of us, um, like me, uh, my focus wasn't on getting married or planning for it in the sense of I couldn't wait and this is what I wanted to do and all of my future plans revolved around getting married. Um, But I never was opposed to the possibility and thought, yes, someday I'll be married and have kids. And I think in our culture, that is expected for so many. And many of you listening are married, and perhaps some of you are considering marriage. But each one of us has a different story, and I'm sure your story is unique to you. I also hope that in sharing these podcasts that I'm encouraging you to think about your life, your situation in a positive way. We can all look at things and only see the negative, but if we look for the positive, that is a much better way to go on. And truly, that is a gift. I have a daughter who is so positive, even in the face of things uh, that I feel are you know, unfair or um, just don't seem right. And she seems to see the positive, and she's a lot like her dad. My husband's like that. But sometimes, you know, our expectations are not what we hope, and sometimes they're greater than anything we could possibly dream. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you um, some of the struggles I went through, but also um, how I have been um, so blessed to be able to look at my life in a positive way and hopefully to give you uh, some helpful tips that will help you in your journey in life. Also invite you to share this podcast with a friend, also to go to iTunes and give me a star rating. Um, This is, as I'm sharing with this podcast with you, episode five is a very new podcast. And so I appreciate all your help in getting the word out. And also uh, go check out A Few Minutes with God podcast. That's another podcast I have on the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. One of the things I've learned from my life situation is to trust, but also to take action. In fact, I'm going to share more about that in upcoming podcasts, because let me just say that God has plans for each of us, and especially for those of us that are Christians, we believe that. But we have to make the effort and sometimes get out of our comfort zone and take action. We can't just sit and wait for God you know, to do all these wonderful things in our lives if we're not willing to participate. And I feel like Jeff did that, um, Jeff is my husband, when he decided to move 
out of the town where he lived, and he had a much higher paying job than the one he took teaching, which was in the town where I lived at the time. And he did it because it would be an opportunity to meet more people, and he could live with an old college friend. And sometimes we do that. We get out of our comfort zones and we take action and, you know, and we can pray, Lord, you know, help me meet somebody. But if we don't take action in some way, it's difficult for that to happen. As I shared in the last episode, I was lonely and yet I turned to God. And my final thought in prayer was that if the Lord wanted me single all of my life, I would accept that, especially if I had God in my life. And I believe that letting go and surrendering gave me a great peace. And have you ever done that? Have you ever surrendered a situation to God and felt that same peace? The peace that surpasses all understanding, even when it seems like the answer is hopeless. It's really wonderful to do that. And God can work within us and we can learn so much. And I urge you to try that as well. When Jeff moved into my town, I quickly became reacquainted with him. We kind of um, met accidentally, and I always say that, you know, it's it was a God incident instead of a coincident, and so he asked me out, and um, we ended up, you know, going out a few times, and it really wasn't soon um, after we started going out that he asked me to marry him. And my parents loved him on the spot, and he had asked my my father's permission, I didn't know this at the time, uh, to get married. And we were married about six months later after our engagement. And one of the things that I am very thankful for is that we had good uh, spiritual counseling from our pastor. Friends, this is so important. You need an impartial voice, someone who is going to ask you separately and then collectively um, about what you expect to get from this marriage, you know, whether you're open to children, what your views are, and then they can counsel you on whether or not um, the marriage is a good thing. And, you know, my husband doesn't like me to tell people we got married as quickly as we did, but, um, you know, The idea is you don't want to rush into things. But in our case, we were both adults. We both had jobs. We had both graduated from college. And um, we both had our parents' blessings. And so for us, that was the best choice. And I know that other people decide to wait. But I really think that long engagements, especially if there isn't a, a good reason, for example, you're in different towns or um, you know, you're waiting to move to get a job, um, a lot of times people wait because they want everything to be perfect. They want the, the best job. They want to say that they're you know, making X amount of dollars. They want to have a house. They want to be settled. And while all of these things are wonderful and good and should be somewhere in your plans and in place, I think it delays and postpones sometimes for not really good reasons. And I know many women today feel that marriage is not necessary, and with the birth control revolution, that outcome has been uh, something that has really turned morality upside down. 
the rate of couples that live together before marriage is staggering. And I'm sure we all know people um, who live together and are not married. But what's really surprising that a lot of people don't know is the rate of divorce with couples who live together is staggering. And they say that it's 33 to 50% higher than the normal divorce rate, which is very, very high. It's amazing that it's acceptable today, but it, it's acceptable for a very, you know, strong and underlying reason that I'll get to in a minute. Before marriage, I made a decision that I've since regretted, and at the encouragement of a friend, I went to an OBGYN because after all, I was getting married and I needed to see a doctor, right? Well, I had no idea going into this appointment, or maybe I did, and I just through the years have kind of buried that, that I would be walking out with birth control, and it seemed to make sense at the time because I was getting married and you know, the big thing was, well, you want to make sure this marriage works. Well, I shouldn't be entering into this marriage with the thought that it might not work, right? And I didn't pray. I didn't seek God's input on on this, and I didn't seek Jeff's input. In fact, it wasn't until we got married that I told him about it, and he wasn't very happy, and he said, well, let's see how long um, that will last. And um, he's not a... Um, combative person. And so we just left it at that. And I just want to say that authority figures need to be careful when they give instructions to those of us that really hold them in high esteem. Here I was going to be ingesting a chemical that would regulate my hormones. And I don't remember getting any paperwork or huge um, you know, amounts of discussion about what the um, side effects could be. And for me, it was mood swings, and I've never been a moody person. I don't have um, a lot of the things that are related to the female cycle, um, which, again, is a praise report because I know many of you suffer. And um, also, I pretty much keep things bottled up inside me, yet it, it the pill did change me. And, of course, um, once we were married... Um, my husband was urging me to to not take it anymore. And, and, you know, for a person of faith who put everything in God's hands, who felt like God brought me the husband that would be such a blessing in my life, it was amazing how I com- compartmentalized different things, things I should have known. And I didn't even consider the Catholic Church teachings. And... Um, Soon after I got married, my mother kind of prophetically gave me a little book, which is prophetic in its own right. And the book was Humane Vitae, um, and it was a summary of the teachings that were um, the Pope's teachings, Pope Paul VI, that emphasized the church's constant teaching that it was always wrong to use contraception in any manner to prevent children. And that came out in 1968. What few people realize is that in 1930, all Protestant denominations agreed condemning contraception as sinful. But at the Council of um, the Conference of Lambeth, uh, the Anglican Church was under social pressure to change, and they said, "Okay, you can use contraception, you know, in certain situations." And then after that, um, they allowed it in any situation, and all of the other churches then followed. The Catholic Church was the only one that stood by the historic Christian position on contraception. And to be honest, 
I wasn't happy with the church's position either. And after reading that, it did, you know, make me think and it gave me, you know, something to um, consider. And I compartmentalized again. And I called myself a cafeteria Catholic, picking and choosing the things I wanted to agree with. But finally, and it was about, I would say about four months after we were married, um, that I did throw the birth control away and felt a lot better, uh, wasn't having quite the mood swings that I was having on it. And I also was introduced to a talk by Dr. Janet Smith, and her talk was eye-opening for me. At first, I was shocked at her findings on the effects of birth control on women and wondered why this wasn't common knowledge. And friends, we didn't have the internet then like we do now. We actually, you know, read things in books that my mother, you know, handed me, not even knowing the situation because she didn't know. But there's a video, I have the link on my um, podcast show notes, just go to episode five, One More Child podcast, and you can see that there, or you can look up uh, Dr. Janet Smith, and the topic is contraception, why not? And she's got a, a YouTube video. She's a little a bit on the, she likes to joke around and everything, but she also said that there were four things that in the encyclical Humanae Vitae that it pointed out that were prophetic. And I can't remember all four points, but one of them was that morality would change, which it did, and not for the better. The second is that there would be no respect for women, and that was true. Um, and so that video did talk more about that. When I gave up um, taking birth control, I felt freed. And soon I was pregnant with my first child. And I used this as a perfect reason um, to stay at home and take care of my son. And then two years later, um, exactly two years, my Christmas Eve babies, both of them were born on Christmas Eve, um, was born and that was my daughter. And I was living the dream, friends. I was happy. I would had married the man that I truly loved, and I was so happy to wake up each morning and see him, and I couldn't wait until he got home each day. And he was equally happy, and I believe that that too was a gift from God because this relationship would be severely tested in the years to come. My husband is a rock, and I pray this for my children uh, to have a strong spouse, one who will stand beside me and support me. And when I'm down, he's up. And when he's down, I'm up. And life isn't always perfect. And in my case, that imperfection soon became evident in my son's delays. For those of you who struggle with special need children, I'm going to talk about that journey a little bit in the next podcast. But one thing I want to say about marriage, and and that is marriage isn't perfect. It takes a bunch of work on both sides. Yes, I love my husband, but we are two very distinct personalities and extreme in a sense. He's laid back and easygoing to a fault. He's a procrastinator. I, on the other hand, um, want to get it done. His philosophy is, why do today what you can do tomorrow? And my philosophy is, we need to do it today. So you can see how that is going to cause um, you know, some uh, tension. But also, I'm strong-willed, I want my own way, and I am tenacious. And so our first year was really touch and go, and many of the arguments stemmed from immaturity on my part. But thankfully, the Lord was there in our lives, and I am so happy uh, that 
we had faith because that is so important and that is pivotal in any relationship. And the second part that is so important is communication. Uh, my poor husband, I talked every argument to death. You know, I wanted to make sure we got to the root cause so this would never happen again. And I am an um, introspective type of person that I'm always looking and learning from past mistakes. And so um, that's one thing that I that has, I believe, helped me to grow and, um, you know, kind of improve over time, I would hope. I'm not the same person I was that in that younger self either. And for that, I'm thankful. But we attended church as a family. We prayed and we looked at our lives in the sense of growth and change, which turned out to be good because I had this inclination that Neil was delayed, but didn't know the severity until later. And that, my friends, is a time when I really had to cry out to God for help. We face challenges in life, don't we? All of us do. And sometimes they are difficult and so hard to overcome. And other times we just have to hold on to God as a lifeline. But how can you do that if you don't have a relationship with Him? So I urge you, friends, to communicate with the Lord, to have a relationship with Him, to look at the scriptures and learn, uh, to to go to church, find a good pastor, In my life, my relationship could be best explained as an ebb and flow, similar to the tides. And sometimes it was strong and unwavering, and other times it seemed to take a backseat to more pressing needs. And I feel that it was in those times, in those areas of weakness, when I made the decisions that I made that for me as a Catholic were not good decisions to make. Um, I went against the church's teachings, and if you do take the time to look at the links that I have on the podcast note, you'll see that these are historic decisions. They weren't just made uh, to be oppressive. And a lot of times, you know, people think that, you know, well, birth control really helped. It, you know, gave women freedom. But when you look at it and, you know, I'll I'll talk about it in some other segments, but if you look at the Me Too movement, that is coming out about ways that women have been disrespected. And I'm not happy with all of their tactics, but the ideal behind it is that women are speaking out against men who have hurt them. And the surprising thing is, if you look at the root cause of that, it really points back to the fact that there has been um, a different thought on what it means to have a relationship with the other sex, um, and the sexuality has just been changed in the face of, you know, the advances, quote-unquote, of science. And if you think about it logically, you know, it should have worked as far as, um, you know, this regulation of family and so forth, but what it has done is it has brought out the worst in people. My promise to you is that when you follow God and you follow Him fully, He will not fail you. He may not answer your prayers exactly as you hope, but believe me when I say the way He answers them are perfect in every way for each one of us. I hope that you've taken away some ideas on marriage with children as not necessarily being 
the easiest thing, but being the perfect thing when God is in the midst. You are on your way to a life that is focused on joy and hope. Thanks so much for stopping by. Connect with me on social media. Visit the website at onemorechild.com and visit the podcast page for your show notes at onemorechildpodcast.com. If you have any questions, be sure to write me at felice at mediaangels.com.